Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isaiah 9, and um, look at right at verses 6 and 7, please. 6 and 7. Everybody have that? Yes, sir. Okay, if you read with me, ready, read. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. All right. Thank you, Lord. Father, we give you praise and glory and honor tonight. Thank you for the word of God that we're about to receive. I pray that every hearer and every, every listener, Lord, will be a doer of the word, Father. And that, God, that every, every seed that's sown into our heart tonight, Lord, will produce the harvest that you've sent it to produce in our lives. Thank you, Father, that you're bringing us into a new dimension and a new level of understanding of your kingdom, of your peace, of heaven's reality. Continue to increase us in knowledge and wisdom and understanding and in the application of your, of your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen, amen. and amen. All right, the Bible says... Unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Tonight I want to talk on the subject, Jesus, Prince of Prosperity. Jesus, Prince of Prosperity. Can you say that with me? Jesus, Prince of Prosperity. Say it one more time. Jesus, Prince of Prosperity. Prosperity. Now, we've been talking again about Romans chapter 14. Uh, we're pretty much done with the series that we're in, so we're transitioning, okay? But, you know, if you've been on this church a long time, you know that it's really just one long series from 20 years ago to now, <laughs> okay? So we're just transitioning uh, into something that's a little different here, but in the same vein. So we've been talking about Romans 14, 17, which says that to us that the kingdom of God is not uh, eating and drinking or meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace and what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Amen? So righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness is right standing. Say it again. Righteousness is right standing. Okay, so I'm in right standing with God. Now, that gives way to holiness, which is right living, okay? So it's hard to have right living without right standing, okay? So righteousness is a gift given to us from Almighty God. Romans 5, 17, we've received the gift of righteousness, right? Okay, so righteousness and peace, I'll come back to peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Okay, so joy is uh, that, that inner uh, happiness, that true happiness, that, that, that uh, fruit of the Spirit that is found only in the Holy Ghost. You can try to get joy juice outside and do joy things. You know, we talked Sunday about happy hour. People have happy hour all over. The, what time is that, like 5 o'clock? 4 o'clock, depending on where you are. Some people say it's 5 o'clock somewhere in the world. <laughs> right? But notice they call it happy hour. They don't call it happy life. 
because it's, it's, they know it's only temporary. It's very short-lived. Afterward, the depression, the guilt, the pain, the withdrawal, the things you deal with, it's, not, it, it's, it's more painful than the high you got off of the happy hour. So joy, real joy, is in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You, you enjoy that kind of hangover from the Holy Ghost. Amen. You can get another sip. <laughs> Amen. Now, so, but we've been focusing on this area called peace here. And so in John 14, 27, Jesus said something to us. He said, peace. Now, this is the same peace in Romans 14, 17. Right? He said, peace, I leave with you. He's leaving. So he said, I'm going to leave something with you. Amen? I leave with you my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. So there is a peace the world gives to you. He says, but it's not that peace. That's that peace that's understandable. But his peace passes understanding. Okay? The world's peace now, let me, let, me, let me pause here, just to stretch us a little bit. When we think peace is, you know, in the world is peace in, of God is beyond understanding, past understanding. We think, well, it's peace in the midst of the storm. When I'm going through and cancer's hit my body and all kind of things have hit my life and I still have peace. Well, yeah, that kind of peace is great going beyond understanding. But peace is still the word irene. So the peace or the prosperity of God Passes understanding. Yes. 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 I believe that, sir. Y'all miss me. Yeah. The prosperity of God passes understanding. Y'all not getting it. The prosperity of God passes understanding. When God brings prosperity in your life, he manifests it in a way that is beyond your or anyone else's understanding. That's when a faith testimony is given. Anytime you keep doing things and there's no faith testimony, it's because you've done it by the flesh. There ain't nothing wrong with that. You can live by the flesh your whole life and still go to heaven. But God gets no glory out of your living by the flesh and manifesting. And it's really not manifesting, it's, it's uh, manufacturing. When you do things by the flesh, it's manufacturing. But when you do things by the spirit, by faith, it's manifestation. And God gets glory out of manifestation. That peace passes all understanding. Y'all looking at me like I got two hands. That peace passes all understanding. Anybody here ready to move into a level of peace? That passes your cousin's understanding, passes your grandma understanding, passes your co-worker's understanding, passes your understanding. All I was doing was serving God. All I was doing was walking by faith. All I was doing was bringing my tithes and offering, and bam, I'm a multimillionaire. All I was doing was serving God. All I was doing was blessing other people, and bam, I got three houses and 44 apartment complexes. Peace that passes all understanding. 
Now, he's the prince of prosperity, peace. Got it? All right. So he said, my peace, my peace, that passes on understanding, I give to you. Not as the world gives, that understandable peace. You understand the point I was just making that whole time? The world is understandable. I, I, well, I figure that because, you know, you, you got a, the degree and you got the certain job, and I, I understand that. But when there is gain you can't explain, you have to testify of the goodness of the Lord. Not as the world gives do I give to you. How does the world give you their peace or their prosperity? You got to earn it. Wow, boy, this... I'm just going to tell you the truth. I didn't even see this when I was studying this tonight. You got to earn it. Or you got to bow down to them. Or you got to compromise to their ways. Or you got to give up your honesty or your integrity or your dignity. That's the peace the world gives. That is understandable. Well, you hobnob with certain people. You network with certain people. And you had certain connections and you did certain things. You had a certain bloodline and you were born into a certain family. You went to a certain school and you joined a certain club. You were in a certain fraternity and you, was, you wore a certain color. You did a certain thing. You had a certain little thing you did. When you can see all that peace, that understand, it's understandable. But none of that is passing understanding. He said, but I'm giving you something that the world ain't going to understand. <laughs> so let not your heart be troubled when the economy turns down. Don't let it be afraid when they say we're going to close the plant down. Don't let it be afraid when they say, well, we got a shortage on, on milk, so uh, all, the, all the prices are going to shoot up on milk. You ain't going to have no milk. You know, you, gas going to go up by $3. Don't you be afraid of that. I'm talking to the wrong church. I'm going to find the right church somewhere. Don't, don't, don't you be afraid of when they say we're going to raise everybody water bill to the city because we feel like it. Is, did they just do that? Well, we just voted. We're going to raise everybody power bill by 10%. Who, how are we going to do that? No, you got a peace. In other words, I've caused you to prosper. Let them jack it up 10 times. I'll still pay for it. Don't y'all freak out on me, man. This is Jesus said, don't y'all freak out on me, man. This, this is what I can do for you. This, what, this is what I'm leaving you. This is what I'm giving to you. Because I'm going to show you I'm the prince of prosperity. All right. So, peace. Now, I want to remind you of that definition uh, from the Strong's 1515 in the Greek, Irene. That peace is security. What else? Safety. What else? Prosperity. What else? Felicity. Why? Because peace and harmony makes and keeps things safe and prosperous. Okay, so including that is prosperity. Got it? So it, it's, it's not only prosperity, which means, and prosperity just don't, don't, don't be deep. It's talking about your financial well-being. Right? Okay. 
Well, it's about being safe. Well, he talked about safety already. Well, my wellness. Yeah, that's all. He's already talked about all that stuff. But he's talking about here your prosperity. This is your financial well-being. Because he knows when he, when he left here, when he left here, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Jesus, when he said in John 14, 27, uh, uh, peace I, I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Who was he talking to? Who? His disciples. In particular, which ones? Well, Peter, James, and John. Extend it to the, to the other, tw- other nine, which would extend to the 70, which would extend to all his disciples. Right? Now, his whole ministry, he'd been feeding them. Pastor Earl, you got it. This whole, his whole ministry, everywhere they went, they were, they were living on his dime. Peter, James, and John don't have a care in the world. They, they left all and forsook all, followed him. But everywhere they go, Jesus, what we, what we got? We got, okay. He got a treasure. He got rich women, rich men that's funding his ministry, making sure they're all taken care of. Remember, they're, they're not, when they're funding his ministry, they're not just taking care of Jesus. They're taking care of Jesus, 12 disciples, and everybody else that was traveling with him. He had a whole traveling company. And everywhere they went, he's take, Jesus taking care of them. But he said, I'm going to leave you. <laughs> I'm getting ready to go. Time's up. But don't you fear. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. I'm, I'm going to leave you something. You ain't got <laughs> to try to figure out how you're going to get no fish and loaves no more. I got, I got you. I'm, I'm leaving you something. I'm leaving Peace with you, my peace, brothers, I'm giving to you. So the same way that you were getting your knees applied while I was here, you're going to have your knees applied when I'm gone. When you go out somewhere, when I send you to preach, don't take anything with you. I'm going to let you practice with my peace. They got back and he asked him in Luke, book of Luke, when he came back, he said, when I sent you out with nothing, he said, did you lack anything? They said, no, sir, we didn't like nothing. You got it. That's my peace. Furthermore, he told these same fellas, he said, when you go into a place and you find the son of peace there, he said, you can leave your peace on a house or on a city. In other words, you can pass on. So we got something good here. Well, if Jesus was here, maybe if he was here in 2019, it'll be much easier. He left you everything he had. He left you exactly what he used to live here. My peace. You're not talking about being able to sleep when it's storming outside. I mean, that might be included. You're not talking about, you know, when all hell breaks loose and you still got to have your joy. That, that's included, but that ain't what he's talking about here. You got it? Yes, sir. Everybody say, Jesus, peace. Jesus, peace. So this peace, which includes financial prosperity, is heaven's reality. Yes, 
But by faith, you can make it your reality. You got it? So this peace, which includes financial prosperity, is heaven's reality. You know, in heaven, this land, they're not, you know, they're not really thinking about, you know, how they're going to eat. How they're going to drink. How they're going to be clothed. How they're going to pay the rent. How they're going to take care of Christmas. I ain't thinking about that in heaven. Heaven's reality is, they know, they, they go over to the tree of life over there. They go to those trees on the, each side of the river and they pluck off a mango in heaven. As soon as they pluck one off, a new one shows up. That's how it was in the Garden of Eden. They'll pluck off a, uh, uh, an apple and just another one just... In, 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 in heaven, oh Jesus, help me, Holy Ghost. In heaven's reality, Miss Hattie, there, there, was, there was no season where you didn't have any fruit. Thus, in Mark 11, when Jesus ran upon that fig tree, it's about my peace now, my peace, my peace. Now, as the world gives it, the world has seasonal peace, but me, my peace is whenever I show up, I'm expecting some fruit. On the tree because in heaven there's always fruit on the tree. There ain't no season where there's no fruit. Got it? Okay. So your faith will make this your reality. You got it? Okay, now we've been talking about Satan doesn't want this to happen because he knows that when you and I live in this reality, uh, we will be a testimony and a, and a threat to him. So he tries to keep us or force us strategically into poverty. Yeah. Now, I want to I remind you of something real quick, something I shared with you Sunday, that he's trying to force us into poverty. Do you all understand that? Did you understand that Sunday when I shared it with you? That he's trying to force the believer into poverty. Because believers, we cannot be poor. It is an oxymoron. To be a poor Christian. It is oxymoronic to be a, a poor believer. To be a poor child of God. Now that might be someone's practical uh, condition. Where they, where, how they live. But that's not their reality in the kingdom. It's, it's a matter of, of, of someone, it, it's like a Juneteenth. Y'all have heard of Juneteenth? Juneteenth is a day uh, celebrated where the, the, the slaves, I believe in Texas, found out they had already been freed. They had been freed a long time ago. I said they had been freed a long time ago. But it was June 19th, I believe it was, that they discovered that they were freed. And so here they were still serving as slaves. Still working on the plantation. Still uh, 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 busting their, their butts for the man. Making bricks because they didn't know a liberty that had already been extended to them. And 
most Christians are living as poor men and poor women because they just don't know that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Free and all rights have been restored. Free and all civil rights have been gained. Free and nothing has been held back. Free and no longer on paper. Free and been given 40 acres and a mule. You already been made rich. You already been made wealthy. Just have not known it. So the devil, through ignorance, keeps the believer living as poor men and poor women. And then I share with you on Sunday how even when, when you find out, because a lot of us in this church, we found out, but don't realize Satan has put up a blockade, a barricade, an embargo, a besiegement around us. And we're doing well. I'm tithing now, and I'm sowing now, and I'm partnering now, and I'm giving now, and I'm vowing now, and I'm honorarium now, and I'm blessing people now. I'm doing all these eight ways to cast my bread, but somehow I can't get it into work because there's a demonic Force, you have an adversary, the devil, working against you, trying to block off all your supply. And what, you, what you've been doing is you've been doing the, the spiritual works, but still have been looking to natural resources for your supply. I'm preaching better than I figured I was going to preach. You have been doing the spiritual works, but are still looking to, you, you still thinking your job's going to do it. Still thinking your business going to do it. And your job is good, and your business is good, but that's not where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. With whom there is no variable, neither is there a shadow of turning. The same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. And so what we've not done is we've not shifted our mindset from natural to spiritual. We've made spiritual uh, exercises. Well, I'm tithing. Well, you, when you're tithing, baby, you're making a spiritual transaction. So when you make a spiritual transaction, you're making spiritual deposits, you got to get spiritual withdrawals. I wish I studied that because I wouldn't think about that. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm partnering. Well, that's a spiritual transaction. You can't now be looking at natural withdrawals. I have a divine supply that I have uh, fully accessible to me. That if I would shift my mindset and stop figuring, your figuring looking like Rain Man in the spirit, calculating, figuring. Am I right about this? Am I right about this? 
But God has supernatural answers, supernatural ways of escape for you, supernatural outpourings, supernatural moments that he'll bring into your life. To, to, to release something into your life that will pass all understanding. I can't explain it. That's what I know. So I'm not. I'm no longer poor. I'm poor no more. Second Corinthians eight and nine. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though He was rich, yet for your sakes, yet for uh, yet for your sakes, yet for your sakes, He became poor, that you through His poverty might be made rich. You know it. He said, the Corinthian church, y'all know it. So we can know it. Now, I want you, to, I want you to see this here. So Jesus came. Go to John 10, 10. Y'all know this. Regular, King, regular New King James here. He came to bring man back, listen to this, to unlimited prosperity and abundance. Can y'all handle this tonight? Jesus came to bring man back. I hope y'all hear what I'm saying. Yes, sir. In my office, I, I have an a, a artwork I ordered for myself. No, my, you ordered. My baby wife ordered it for me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Luke 14. I wanted it. I understood this to be a mantra for my ministry. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. So if you're sitting here tonight and you're saying, Pastor, I'm struggling, there's an anointing on me to preach the good news to you. And that anointing is a burden removing, yoke destroying, financial burden removing, financial yoke destroying, power of God that'll do you good and make you glad. You got it? So just listen to what I'm saying to you. Receive by the Holy Ghost. Because we're going to preach you out all that poverty. Preach you right into prosperity. And when I'm saying that, Luke 14, I'm quoting Jesus, who was quoting Isaiah, who was prophesying Jesus. So that anointing, Jesus said, was on him. He said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Got it? All right. So, in John 10, 10, says the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it how? More what? More what? Abundantly. That word abundantly in the Greek is the Greek word parisos. Parisos, which means over and above. Hallelujah. This is the life you're supposed to have here. Over and above. Good God Almighty. More than is necessary. More than is necessary. You ever heard somebody say, you don't need all that? That's right. 
That's right. I agree. Super added. Life more super added. You can look at that word super added in two connotations. You look at it in one uh, uh, to be uh, super meaning uh, an amount, a maximum amount added, or you can look at the word super meaning being above. So added above, like to superimpose, superintend. So above added, so added above. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So something is super added to you. It's over and above what you can do with your check. Who's listening to me tonight? I'm listening to you, sir. You make sure you get excited about what I'm saying. Yeah, I am. You can't tell me to get excited. Well, don't get excited. I, I command you, don't get excited about it. <laughs> Super added. <laughs> See, I, I look, sometimes I sit up and I pray when I'm praying in the morning, and sometimes I go outside, sometimes I be in the, in the, uh, the breakfast nook, sometimes I, sometimes I slip and I be in the uh, living room. My wife don't know it. My wife don't know I'm in the living room. Like, you know, you're supposed to, not supposed to sit in the living room. But I go sit in the living room. And I, I, when I'm praying, you know, I don't pray with my eyes closed. No. I mean, sometimes I do, but I mean, a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm praying, I'm talking to God. I'm, yeah. yeah, you close your eyes, and before you know it, you'll be <laughs> sitting and walking around. And I start just running through my mind about all that God has added. Yes. Super added. Yes. Beyond my capacity. Beyond what I could afford. And I, I'll, I'll go through the house, room by room. That was, oh, that was added. That was added. Oh, that was added to me, and that wasn't added. That was added. Go to my garage, and that was added. That was added. Go through my closet, and oh, that was added. That was added. That was added. That was added. Yes, sir. Y'all remember a few years ago, I asked you a question. I said, how could you live if God was adding everything to you and all you made was 20000 a year? How many of y'all remember? I, I, I couldn't live off 20000 if God was adding everything to you. Now, that, I need y'all to hear what I'm saying when I say that to you. See, because, because some people, you're, you're frustrated by your, by your salary level. But see, the, probably, the reason why you're frustrated is because you're still trying to live off the natural. 
You're talking spiritual, but in your reality, you're living off the natural. See, we're talking about a God who can super add. If he'll add a car to you. If he'll add clothes to you. If he'll add food to you. If he'll add drink to you. If he'll add all your clothes. If I add your housing to you. Because it said all these things shall be So then your 20000 is your play money. It becomes your play money, your seed money. Lord, what would you have me do? See, because if you get that, then at that point, then it really don't matter. It really don't matter about you know well, well, you know. Uh. I really want to work this kind of job, this kind of career, but they don't pay enough. Then it don't matter at that point. I really just want to work with kids. I really just want to paint and color with little children all day long. But you know, they don't make that much money. That don't matter how much they make. If God's going to add everything to you. Are you seeing a whole different mindset here? That most of the body of Christ hadn't, hadn't operated in that kind of mindset. Most of the body of Christ has been so provision-minded and not assignment-minded because we've not really tapped into the, the divine supply from heaven. All right, where are we? Super added. I better keep going here. Superior financial position. Extraordinary, surpassing, uncommon. That word comes from another Greek word, peri, which means super abundant in quantity. Now you better check out your life now, Jasmine. Super abundant in quantity, superior in quality. I can't afford that. He didn't say he had to afford it. He said he got to afford it. He said he'll add it to you. And when he, if he's going to add it to you, if God's going to add it to you, I got a feeling God not going to go down to the uh, five and dime store, see if he can find something they got on clearance to add to you. You, don't, you shopping on clearance. bad. I said, that's you shopping on clearance. Now, I'm not picking on you because one of the first things that I tend to do when I go into the store is I look for the big red sticker, the big red sign. So I, I understand. I understand. But what I'm saying is that's just me doing something. That's just me doing something. I, I still do that. I, you know, I, I kind of get a kick out of what I can save. But when God adds, God never looks for the sale when he's going to add to me. He's not, he's not going to, when God's searching for me, when God searches online to add to me, he don't, he don't uh, sort from low price to high price.
Just saying. God, superior in quality, and by implication, this is right in you, you've got it on your little computers, by implication, excessive. Tamara, excessive. 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 That excessive means for all you uh, geniuses, too much. You know, I'm got, I got these spiritual geniuses in here, y'all. Well, excessive means, you know, abundant in spirit, and you're going to be rich in spirit. All that. No, he just, it, means, it means too much of everything. <laughs> Nobody need all that. It's the same word that's in Ephesians 3.20. This parisos. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly perisos above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. You got it? Now, Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, that's the life I came to give you. Right, John 10.10. 10. I have come. Now, Pastor Kim mentioned it tonight, that Jesus' coming was not a surprise. It was, Jesus was not an unplanned pregnancy. <laughs> it might have, might have been unplanned for Mary. But not for God. God before the world was framed. The Bible says a lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So before God started start, he planned for Jesus to come. Huh? Oh yeah. Before Adam. Y'all do understand that, right? Well, how did God know Adam was going to mess up? Whether Adam messed up or, or not, the world was already void and without form. Darkness covered the face of the deep. He brought Adam, he put, stuck Adam in a, in a part of it. The whole world wasn't Eden. He planted a garden eastward in Eden. And God in his foreknowledge left free will. Yes. Yes. His foreknowledge understood, man, just, he wasn't going to make me right. So he already pre-planned for Jesus to come. Got it? Yes. So here comes Jesus. But he doesn't come before many, many, many prophetic words. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. All throughout the Old Testament, it's, it's, you'll find somewhere an indication of Jesus coming into the earth. You got it? So one of the greatest places we see prophecy about his coming in the book of Psalms, but also here in the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah 9, where we are tonight, we see this prophetic word about Jesus. Now, when you read chapter 8, we're not going to read it, but in chapter 8, it talks about gloom that was coming on the land 
God was going to allow the Assyrians, the plunderers. When you see the word Assyria, Assyria means plunderer. So Assyrians were going to come plunder the people. What does plunder mean? Take. To spoil is take from. Uh, you, they become impoverished. Okay? Now, go look at chapter 9, please. And uh, I want to start right at verse 1, but I like to look at it in the Passion Translation, please. Isaiah chapter 9. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5 in the Passion Translation just to give us a little bit of context here. All right? It says, nevertheless, the gloom, if you go back to chapter 8, all about the gloom. Huh? Okay, go, go to uh, the Passion for me, please. But you see that, just hear what I'm saying. The gloom was all prophesied in chapter 8. Okay? Well, we have Passion Translation on the system here. Oh, you don't have Isaiah. I forgot. That's my error. Somebody has a computer already. I know somebody already looked up on their phone. Somebody's way ahead of me. Nobody. Now, y'all normally have your phones. You're way ahead of me. Pass it on up here or something. You need to make it big. All right. Okay, so listen to this then. It says, no more gloom for those who are in distress. Although the Lord greatly humbled the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali. Now, when you know, if you know and go back and study Zebulun and Naphtali, those are prophetic cities or the tribes that God would send uh, his promises through. Naphtali was a blessed tribe. Naphtali uh, would enjoy favor, great favor, okay? So, but yet they were humbled, the Bible says. It says, he will one day bestow upon them great honor from the Mediterranean eastward to the other side of the Jordan and throughout the Galilee of the Gentiles. Now, where's Jesus Christ? His ministry is mainly Galilee, right? Verse 2, those who walked in darkness have seen a radiant light shining upon them. They once lived in the shadows of death, but now a glorious light has dawned. Lord, you have multiplied the nation and given them overwhelming joy. They are ecstatic in your presence. My goodness. We're talking about that this morning in prayer about in the presence of the Lord is where you get the most ecstasy. They're ecstatic in your presence and rejoice, listen to this, like those who bring in a great harvest. This is prophetic word about a time to come when Jesus Christ would arrive, what he was going to bring about. Are y'all hearing this? We'll rejoice like those who bring in a great harvest and those who divide up the spoils of victory. For you have broken the chains that abound your people and lifted off the heavy bar across their shoulders. The rod, the oppressor used against them, you have shattered all their bondage, just as you did when Midian's armies were defeated. Remember that. Every boot of marching troops and every uniform caked with blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Now, hopefully y'all read along in your Bible. You kind of follow on what I was saying here, okay? But it says here, just as you did when Midian's armies were defeated. Would you pass that back, please? Thank you. Now, how many of y'all remember Midian? One of the most notable places you see Midian was in the book of Judges. 
you remember when in Judges 6, the children of Israel were being plundered by the Midianites and the Amalekites. Remember I preached a series some time ago called uh, Low Level Living? Midian strife would be accompanied by the Amalekites, the valley dwellers or low level dwellers. So whenever, the Bible says whenever the, uh, the Israelites sowed their seed, whenever they sowed, here come the Midianites and the Amalekites and other nations of the east, the Bible says, and they would plunder them. And the Bible says, and the, and the Israelites were greatly impoverished because of them. Y'all remember that? You ever read the book of Judges? They, they, were, they were, the Bible says, impoverished. Impoverished. Made poor. Y'all missed it. They were, they were pushed back into poverty. God's people didn't belong in poverty. They were pushed into poverty. By Midianite strife and Amalekites low-level living, low-level mindset. And when you let strife get into your life in any area, when you let low-level thinking stay in your life in any area, it'll push you and drag you and hold you in poverty. So God raised up a man named, uh, named Gideon, a mighty man of valor. Glory to God. Raised him up to be a financial deliverer. That's what, that's what he was. He was a financial deliverer because, remember, what's their biggest issue? They were impoverished. So this wasn't just, you know, getting the enemy off their back. This was bringing them back out of poverty into prosperity. They had been sowing their seed, Laquanda. But every time a harvest came up, here it comes. Y'all missed what I just said. They're sowing the seed, every, but every time a harvest came up, here comes strife. Here comes low-level thinking. That's what you got to watch out for. When you are a seed sower and you're doing all your spiritual works, you got to watch out, guard against strife, and guard against low-level thinking. Because it will impoverish you. You're supposed to be living off your harvest. Got it? So then, again, God raises up uh, Gideon. Gideon ends up with his 300 men, right? And they go, they whip the Midianites and the Amalekites and the other nations of the East, and God brings people out of poverty back into prosperity, right? Now, that's, that's what you see here in chapter 9, verse 4. See what it says in verse 4 there? Y'all got it? Chapter 9, verse 4. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, now, y'all gonna understand, he's dealing with poverty here. Who, can y'all see this here? He, he's talking about uh, Zebulun and Naphtali. If you ever go back and study it, these, these two tribes, blessing, financial blessings were pronounced over them. When, when before Jacob died, Jacob blessed them. Before Moses left, Moses pronounced the blessing on them. And these two tribes especially have financial prosperity blessings pronounced over them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
But he said, here come the Assyrians. They plunder you. That's in chapter 8, the Assyrians. But then he says, God's going to break this yoke and the staff off his shoulder. Thank you, Lord. Put up Isaiah 10, 27. Isaiah 10, 27. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 10, 27. Go, go, go back to verse 20. Let's start at, y'all know 27. Let's go back to verse 25. I want to see if I can catch this, this phrase in here, 25 or so. For yet a little while, and the indignation will cease, and as will my anger and their destruction. Keep going, verse 26. And the Lord, no, let me turn to it. I, there's, a, there's a verse there. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the next chapter, ain't it? Twenty-four. Yeah, thank, thank you. That, that's it. Twenty-four. Thus says, therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, the Lord God of hosts, the God of financial transactions, right? Financial deliverance. Oh, my people who dwell in, do not be afraid of the who? That's the plunderer. That's the one coming to take all your prosperity. Jesus. He said, he shall strike you with a rod and lift up his staff against you in the manner in the same way Egypt did. For yet a very little while, and the, and the indignation will cease, as will my anger in their destruction. So God said, I'm going to stop all that here. And the Lord of hosts. Are oh, y'all listening to me tonight? I, I, let, me, let me calm down. Y'all not as excited as I am. So let me just calm down. I'm, I'm, I'm too excited. And the Lord of hosts will stir up a scourge for him like the slaughter of Midian of strife at the rock of Oreb as his rod was on the sea, so will he lift it up in the manner of Egypt. God's going to destroy him the same way he destroyed Egypt off them. Egypt is um, the, the, the limiter, Right? Assyria is the plunderer. The limiter is in the natural, the devil setting caps on you, where you can live, how you can drive, what you can do, credit limit, spending limit, housing limit. So the devil wants you to get on assistance, and nothing wrong with assistance when you're at that level you need it, but the God don't mean you to live that way because when you live that way, it puts a limit on where you can live and what you can do and how much money you can make. And God don't want his people living on, on Egyptian limitations. And then if you're not going to have the limiter, if you live in this, um, this, you don't have these kind of limits, the Assyrian gets in there and just plunders all the stuff you do get. And God said, I'm going to destroy both of those jokers. You got it? It shall come to pass in that day, verse 27. Watch it, watch it, watch it. That his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of your degree. Because of your budget. Because of your planning. Because of your connections. No, the yoke of poverty, the yoke of oppression is destroyed because of a supernatural force that comes on you called the anointing. Nothing wrong with planning, nothing wrong with working, nothing wrong with a degree, but that's not what's going to break you out. What's going to break you out is the anointing. What's going to deliver you is the anointing. 
it's, it's, the, it's the supernatural factor that, that the devil can't, he, he can't, he can't comprehend it. Uh, he can't contain it. Y'all know what I mean by that? I, I, I'm old, old enough to remember watching uh, Barry Sanders when Barry Sanders used to play for the Detroit Lions back in the day when he left Oklahoma State Cowboys in, in college and he started playing for the Detroit Lions and, and Barry Sanders was a, was a running back was just so elusive that, that, that teams used to say we can't stop him all we can try to do is just contain him how many of y'all remember Barry Sanders we, we, we can't stop him we just, just try to contain him and yet Yet somehow he still rack up 246 yards on a team on any given Sunday. The anointing cannot be stopped. The devil can hope to contain it, but he can't contain it. Still somehow I get you out of $246,000 worth of debt in a matter of five years or six years. It don't matter. It don't matter. God cannot be stopped. The devil can game plan all he wants to. He can stop your job. He can stop your education. He can stop your hookup. But he can't stop the anointing. He can stop you from getting promotions. He can stop you from getting increased if, if you let him. But he can't stop the anointing. So you got to change and not look at that natural man-made way of doing things, trying to manufacture your way out, you got to manifest your way out. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on here. You got to manifest your way out of this thing here. If I wasn't scared of y'all getting in a fight, I'd tell you to slap your neighbor in the head and tell them you got to manifest your way out of here. You're trying to manufacture your way out of debt. You're trying to manufacture your way out of, out of poverty. You're trying to manufacture your way into a husband. You're trying to manufacture your way into a wife. You can't do it. You got to manifest it. It's the anointing that does all this. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burdens. That'll do you good and make you glad. between manufacturing and manifestation? Manufacture starts with your hand. Manifestation ends in your hand. Did you catch that? Manufacturing starts with your hand. Manifestation ends up in your hand. You bringing it in. I don't even know how I showed up. I just brought it in. Just work my faith, work righteousness, stayed in, in faith. God, God it kept my praise up in the midst of tribulation. I just kept my praise up. And there, boom, there it is. It manifested in my life. Y'all better put up Psalm 10428. Pastor Kim said that's Psalm 10428. Show me. Psalm 10428. What you give them, they gather in. You open your hand, they are filled with good. I, I think I can I can up you on that. If you want to go in Psalm, another scripture 
in Psalm. Shatakarama. Psalm 105 and verse 44 in the NIV. Psalm 105, verse 44 in the NIV. He gave them the lands of the nations. They fell heir to what others had manufactured. They manifested what others had manufactured. Let the world, he gives the sinner, Ecclesiastes 2.26. He gives the sinner the job of manufacturing. Just to heap it up that he may manifest in the lives of those who are good in his sight. Ecclesiastes 2.26. The world has a job, Jasmine, of manufacturing. You just manifest. They toil. But the blessing of the, of the Lord makes the rich. And it adds no toil, no sorrow with it. You don't have to manufacture when you got the blessing. All right, sit down. Let me, let me, try, to, let me try to show you something. You, yeah, y'all keep on manufacturing. That's the Egyptian system. You out there making bricks, that's manufacturing. You mark my words, 2020, you're going to see so much, so much manifestation. In your life, this has been declared a year of vision manifestation, and it's not going to end in 2020. It's just the beginning of it all. It's just going to break off. So it's going to be from manifestation to manifestation to manifestation to manifestation to manifestation more and more and more and more. It's beginning. In matter of fact, it's beginning right now. I declare it in your life. You have stayed in faith. You didn't quit when you could have. You have stayed the course. You have kept the faith. You have fought your good fight. You ain't leaving. It's about to come into your life. You're going to see. Open your mouth with a mighty decree. I'll fulfill it now, you'll see. May I receive? Oh. Pastor Durbin started on, on his teaching on the, the first shall be last yes. on the hundredfold. And that's, in reality, that's what, that's what the Lord's saying through him. That your hundredfold yes. is going to be a manifestation. Yes. You're going to reap where you did not sow. You're going to reap where others have sown. In other words, the last generation of which we are, we're going to reap the harvest of past generations. 
We are the 11th hour workers. While the beginners spend all day manufacturing and <laughs> we come come into our manifestation. My Lord, just 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 praise God for a minute. Just oh, praise you, Lord. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. We give you praise tonight. We give you praise tonight, Lord. Glory, 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 glory. Our redeeming, our strength, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our burden remover, our yoke destroyer. Hallelujah. You are our God, the God of the anointing. Hallelujah. The God of all power, the God of all might, the God of our deliverance. We give you praise. Hallelujah. It's your time, God. And it's our time, God. It's your time, God. And it's our time, God. It's your time, God. And it's our time, God. Hallelujah. show you one thing here and and we'll pick it up Sunday verse 6 Isaiah 9 verse 6 for unto us unto us unto us, unto us <clears throat> not to us unto born to Mary and Joseph but Unto. In other words, through Mary to us. So unto us. Pass through Mary to us. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Child born, son given. Child born, son given. Child denotes his human nature. So he's born. Son denotes his divine nature. He's given. In the natural, things must be born. In the spirit, they're given. Manufacturing. Manifesting. Unto us
That's why it's the most special time of the year. Yes, 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 yes. Not because of trees and garland and that—that that just adds to the festive nature and the the beauty. You want it beautiful around Christmas time. You want everything around you beautiful and brilliant, shiny. Sparkly. Because something has been given to us freely. Child is born because he had to come in like nature. He had to become like us so we could become like him. So unto us a child is born. Unto us a son. Child denotes uh, a natural condition but son denotes a relationship so unto us a son is given he's not our son but just like he became a child so we could become here's the way to say it he came as a child so we could become sons. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He came as a child so we could become sons. So you and I, even in our spiritual birth, start out as children. But they that are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons. Of God. So we may start as children, but we become heirs. We, we partake of our inheritance as sons. So unto us, I can't let somebody else heathen out celebrate Christmas. Heathen hellions out celebrate me with Christmas. You can't out celebrate me on Christmas. This is my holiday. This don't mean jack to you. This means everything to me. This just a money thing to you, but to me, it's my life.
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, zoe. Have the God kind of life. It's the abundant life. It's the God kind of life. It's heaven's reality. I'm going to stop right there. I just, I just, I, I can't go no more. Stand on your feet. I don't care if somebody in here, you might have had bad memories of Christmas. Your Christmas childhood was just wasn't nothing nice, wasn't fun. I don't care. Amen. Um, change it. Change it. Change it. From now on, Christmas is going to be the best, the most wonderful time of the year. I never did get that Hess truck I wanted. That, none of that. Go buy your own Hess truck. Go buy 10 and give them up 10 little boys and girls who might want them little Hess trucks. But realize that Jesus came here as a gift to us. The Prince of Prosperity. <laughs> Lord's willing, I'll get to it Sunday. I thought I was going to preach something different Sunday. I had something else work in, in my mind. But I guess I got to finish this Sunday. Yes. Man. Man, man, man. He came to give us a peace that passes all understanding. I, I, I pray my brothers and sisters, spiritual sons and daughters, what have you, that you really are sensitive to what we're about to step into. You know me. I, we... we we stopped having New Year's Eve night services a long time ago. But I absolutely felt compelled by the Spirit of God. No, we're going we're gonna to have a service this time because we're, we're about to step into something. And I didn't want you just home watching TV when we step into this new season what God has been preparing the body of Christ for, those who've been listening, because listen to me. Get it through your thick skull now. It's not going to be everybody. But if enough of us 
will go into what God has planned for us, we can create a vacuum that'll pull the rest. Come on, come on in this thing here. We can go and open the gates that the righteous can enter into. Hey, glory! <coughs> My God, yes. My God, yes. God needs, <laughs> in this city, Chris, a place. And we prayed this morning. I saw a vision this morning. We were, we were praying. And I tell you the vision. We were praying. And we began to pray for the glory of God. We began to pray for God to establish this church. And we know he's prophetically said it, but we begin to pray it out, Elder Baker, that this church would be the place, and I, I kind of dumbed it down, Chris, you're right, to call it a place, but you're right, it, the place in this city, in this region where God's glory would dwell. God says in Deuteronomy 12, I, I choose a place for my name to dwell. And he said, when I choose that place, you go to that place. So Michelle, Steve, Cherie, you come at the right time to this place. Luanda, this God chose, he chooses a place. So as we were praying, in a vision, I, I was staring out the front doors of our church. But the church was inverted, where as I was staring out the front doors, I was staring into the church. Because we're bigger than this building. That, that makes, that's, I, didn't, I didn't even get the interpretation of that, that part. But I was staring out the door, but into the church. But when I looked in, the church was filled with a thick cloud of crystal white smoke, like billowing. I, it, it was hard for me to articulate it to the group this morning, what I was seeing. But it was so thick that there was no, if you, if you understand this, negative space. In other words, it was so thick, no, there was no voids. No voids. That's, that's, that's it, Pastor Kim. There was no voids. In other words, the, 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 the glory cloud consumed every cubic inch. Of the room. Hallelujah. And I knew that's where God's taking us. You see, in that kind of glory cloud, that kind of glory center, people come in one way, they leave another way. <laughs> don't matter how sick you are, doesn't matter how depressed you are, doesn't matter how much of a heathen you are, doesn't matter how addicted you are, doesn't matter how depressed you are, you leave out a totally different way. And that kind of Glory requires a consecration level of the people where we're, we're as a church to say we ain't playing no more games. 
We're so hungry for the presence of God. Jesus. Michelle, I'll never forget what you told me a couple of Sundays ago when you said you had never felt the power of God like that. See, that's, that's what we would call a foretaste of joy divine. See, and that's, that's without that manifestation that I just talked about. When that manifestation shows up, people will be getting out of their car and get healed. Walking down the street beamed up and sober up. But when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. So it's going to require us to be on one accord. Thinking the same thing, talking the same thing. Same mind. One opinion, one judgment. It's Christ. It's Christ. We're going to honor God. We want him more than anything. Forgetting about ourselves and seeking his face. You're not going to worry about yourself. Because you'll find that all your little needs and all your little issues will get swallowed up, handled, dealt with in that glory. So I still like to say this. You're about to step into a thick. When I shared that, Sister Laquanda said that several years ago, was it? Several years ago, her mother, and has been for years, telling her a vision she had seen years ago. It was the exact same vision. And her words were, she says, it's a church. She said, I just don't know where it is. The glory, as she called it, the glory. And they'll tell you this morning, before she said, I was about to say the glory. And, and that's what her mom saw. She said, I just don't know where it is. I'm just, I just told you where it is. I just told you where it is. Okay? So hang on tight. Don't be soon shaken by anything. Let the devil's tribulation, persecution, and strife, and low-level thinking, all that kind of stuff get you all talk. If he attacks your body, just get back up. Get back up. Get your armor on. And let's keep on going because God's, God's glory, God's glory is going to fill this house and invade this city. It's going to be at a point so that all you got to do is just get your cousins here. So all you got to do is get them here. If you got to tell them, I'm going to take you out to eat after church, just get them here. I'll buy you a pair of pants. <laughs> Whatever it takes, just get, because if they get here in his glory, everything's going to change. And I'm not, I am prophesying it because that's what I saw. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. What I was saying to you was everybody won't, won't go into it. The Lord showed me a vision few, several years ago before I was pastoring this church. Of a, of a 
fire tornadoes swirling around the church. And he had told everybody to get out first. Then the fire tornado came. And then when the tornado was done purging, cleansing, the doors opened, but everybody couldn't go back in. So God, he's looking for people. Clean hands and a pure heart. Yeah. I'm going to be in the number. <laughs> when the saints go marching back in, I ain't thinking about going marching on to glory. I'm talking about when we go marching into our victory, marching into our inheritance, I'm going to be in that number right there. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you've spoken, what you have shown us, what you have revealed. Thank you, Lord, for what is yet to come in our lives. God, we're so privileged to be partakers of your divine nature, partakers of the inheritance, partakers of such precious revelation. God, we, we couldn't possibly think up what you're showing to us. We know it's from your throne. We just ask you, Father, to give us clarity of understanding, give us wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Make everything clear to us, Father, not just what you are doing in the earth, but we ask you, Father, like Saul asked you, what would you have us to do? What's our part? What's our role? Because we're not going to just be standing out of the Bible. We want to be totally involved and immersed in your move, your, your latter day, your last day move in the earth. So show us. And we trust you, Father, that as we give our attention, laser-focused attention to the things of your kingdom, you will attend to our issues, our situations, no thing that we are thinking about will we ever have to worry about another day in our lives because you uh, care for us. So I ask you, Father, for tremendous blessings to flow upon your people, favor and increase, prosperity, anointing, healing, uh, to be on every life, and that, God, your people will begin to experience just what you showed me the other day, substantial increase in every area of our lives. Thank you, Father, that our lives will be the mirrors that reflect the image of Christ and that everywhere we go, we will be those who attract the sinner to the light of Jesus Christ. Use us. It's our prayer. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen, amen. and amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, Men, Sunday morning, I mean Saturday morning rather, Saturday morning, 8 o'clock a.m. we start. Uh, so please men, make sure you're here.